Good morning to all of you. I hope you are ready for, for the flight. <laughs> Amen. Well, today I want to uh, share with you, uh, I believe, a very important message, still from within the book of Second uh, uh, Corinthians. And I want to uh, go to chapter 12, chapter 12 and verse 11. Sorry, the chapter 12 and verse, verse 6. I start from verse 6. Now, uh, I'm, I'm coming to this uh, passage of Scripture, uh, which is a summary of, of all the things that have been said before, and I will go back a little bit later on, uh, back up to some of these things. But I want you to understand uh, where we are heading to, what the... the um, destiny is all about as far as God is concerned. You know, we have been looking at uh, the true image of the uh, body of Christ, the ecclesia, which some people call church, which is a wrong translation, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, it's not wrong in translation only, it's wrong in interpretation in many ways today because it's not what God wanted it to be. So uh, what we must be able to see is that God has a very peculiar uh, destiny, a very peculiar aim that he wants us to come to. And it's important that we understand that. Now, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you know, if you, if you have a Bible which has headings, it says here, Paul's vision and his thorn, the thorn in the flesh. Okay, I'm not going to spend much time about the thorn in the flesh, uh, but I'm just talking about uh, what the, 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 the lesson is that we get from here. Paul is saying, verse 6, even if I should choose to boast, I would, not, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than what is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassing great revelations. Okay, Paul had speak, spoken about the revelations that God had given to him. And uh, so he is saying, uh, I'm, not, I'm not using this revelation to build my image. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, difficulties, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. Now, this is a very important uh, analysis that, God, that, that, that Paul is giving us about his, his ministry. Uh, we have seen that uh, ministry is not, uh, you know, uh, an affair that, that makes you always sit on the top and more, makes you always a, a, a smiling winner. 
uh, it means there's struggle, it means there's hardship, it means there is, uh, there are a lot of attacks from the evil one. And uh, Paul has gone into details to give us uh, many uh, of these experiences. And it's important for us to understand that we are not exempt of this, okay? Now, in today's contemporary church, uh, you are made to believe that, you know, it's all a smiling affair and uh, we are only just to coming together in praise and worship and have wonderful times. Uh, and of course, we would love to have that kind of uh, uh, life in the, in the body of Christ. But uh, we are actually in a building process. We are actually in a process that is taking, uh, you know, really every, every uh, uh, ounce of, of energy that we have out of us. That means we get tired. That means we get... Uh, you know, attacked. We get uh, uh, into, into all kinds of situations that we cannot control ourselves, okay? But that does not mean that God is not in control. It means simply that we are in a process that God has assigned for us in order to achieve what he wants. And, and you know, at the end of the day, what we must understand is that there must be space for the grace of God. Okay? Uh, Dr. Saki Gavinder says there must be grace sufficiency in the body of Christ, not grace deficiency. Where there's grace deficiency, all kinds of things are happening that are not, they, 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 they are not supposed to happen. Okay? So we need to have grace sufficiency. And this is where Paul takes us to, through all the experiences that he goes through, all the, the difficulties that he, that he faces, at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's fighting Satan, and Satan is giving him uh, trouble. You know, he's calling this thing a thorn of the, in the flesh. That means something is, is, is keeping him uh, awake when, when he's supposed to rest, okay? Something is keeping him on the toes when he's supposed to, to sit down. Uh, so, but, but then, you know, Paul tells us that he has been pleading with the Lord three times. You know, the three times I believe that he may, may have gone into fasting and prayers because probably he has been praying, God, take this away, take this away, take this away. But then three times he must have taken, you know, extended times to, to argue and plead with the Lord to remove that, that uh, attack on him. And... Uh, God didn't answer the way he expected it, okay? And the, the bottom line, and this is important, you know, this is important for all of us who are, who are in one way or the other ministering the gospel, the, the, the bottom line is that God knows better how to do his work, okay? Even if it causes you pain, God is working with that pain, okay? God works through that pain. And he's going to make things work according to his perfect plan. So, uh, Paul says, you know, I've been pleading with the Lord three times that he will take this, this force of Satan that was somehow bearing on me, that he will take it away. And then God says, my grace, my grace is sufficient. That means, you know, these, these attacks of the evil one cannot, cannot wipe out 
or cannot hinder the grace of God. In fact, what is more dangerous for the, for the grace of God is our being happy, our being satisfied, okay? Our being sitting back and saying, I've achieved what I want to achieve. This is more dangerous for the grace of God than being in a battle that God has, uh, you know, assigned to us and uh, that we need to walk through in order to eventually come to see the victory uh, on our side. So grace sufficiency is what we require in our ministry, okay? We cannot do without, okay? The, the greatest danger in the body of Christ is grace deficiency. You know, today we have got churches which are rich, which are powerful, which have got everything, just like, like the Laodicean church is, is, is claiming, you know, I'm rich, I don't need anything, I've got everything I need, okay? But grace was not there. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was standing outside and knocked, okay? Can I, can I find somebody to open the door for me? Because there was everything available in that church. You know, these people, was, these people uh, got used to what they call the blessings of God, the riches of God, you know, and yet they were poor, wretched, and blind. So the way God looks at the situation is not the way we look at the situation, okay? So the riches of this world have nothing to do with the grace that God wants us to move in. And so we, we don't need a sufficiency of the the, the powers and the, and, the, and the blessings of this world, but we need a sufficiency of the grace of God. Okay, if it means that we have to, to, to remain in a, certain, in a certain stretch, under certain, you know, tension, uh, and, and, and that we are even uh, under, under attack of, 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 of Satan, then so be it, as long as the grace of God has the space to do the work that is required. Because in God's uh, body, in the body of Christ, what is required is not our wisdom, is not our knowledge, is not our, 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 our own personal effort of the flesh. What is required is the grace of God. And of course, the grace of God is using all of our of our body, you know, everything that we have and that we do, even the knowledge that God has given, even the wisdom that God has given to us, but the grace must be able to rule, not the grace be absent in any way. And that's what Paul is learning. That is what Paul, the, the lesson that God gets taught by, by the Lord himself. You know, uh, when you have a, if you have a Bible that has uh, red letters, uh, the, the letters uh, that Jesus spoke, you find the red letters in, in, uh, in Matthews, in Mark, in Luke, and John, okay? And from there onwards, very rarely do you find Jesus speaking directly, okay? But there is one word in this very particular situation. You know, in this, within this struggle that uh, uh, Paul is, is, is laying out for us to understand, to understand what, what it means to build the body of Christ, to build the church of the Lord, the true image of the ecclesia. Okay? And that is that God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So it's the opposite of what we are seeing happening today, you know, where 
one superpower is rolling over a, 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 you know, a much more deficient country and trying to destroy them, okay, trying to, to, to destroy the cities, trying to destroy the people, you know, and, and of course they've got the power, they can do everything. And, you know, you watch this and you feel helpless. You think, eh, you know, what can you do? And you see, this is, the, this is the, the pattern of the world, the world system, okay? I've got power, I've got muscles, I've got tongues, I've got the artillery, I've got the planes. I can bomb you out, okay? And unfortunately, this kind of thinking has come and found room in many churches where, where, where people are just using the system of the world, the, the power of the world, in order to build something that they think will be uh, acceptable to, to, to God. But it is not. What God needs is the building that is accomplished by his grace, by his own work, okay? When Jesus came, remember, the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that he came in the fullness of grace and truth. And it's the fullness of grace and truth that we need to entertain in our life and we need to have sufficiency of in our ministry. If grace and truth are not moving and moving together, then we are in trouble. You know, like there are a lot of people today, they speak about the grace of God, uh, but removing the truth, okay? The grace has become, you know, cheap. Okay, so whatever wrong is being done, it's excused. No, God is gracious. You know, God will give you grace. No, God will give you both grace and truth. And like I said yesterday, you know, uh, if you have uh, uh, railways, railway, a railway is always made up of two trucks. Okay? You have no railway that is moving on one truck. So, a railway can, you know, the, the, the railway uh, uh, locomotive and the, 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 the carriages, they are running on these two trucks. If you remove one truck, okay, and uh, people have been doing such kind of things, sabotaging the, 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 maybe the railway in, in times of war and so, they remove maybe just a small short piece of, of, of one truck. What will happen? The train will derail, okay? and it will do damage. In fact, that, that uh, train will never, will never continue going. You know, when you have a flat tire on your, on your vehicle, you just remove the flat tire, put the good tire, and you continue. But if you do remove one piece of a, of a rail on a, on a railway, that means you have caused tremendous trouble. You know, you have caused tremendous damage, and uh, that thing is not continued to, to work probably everything is going to be mangled and the people who are inside may be injured or, or, or dead. So we must understand if we have not got both grace and truth, then something is missing. And you know, Jesus is saying to, to, um, to Paul, you know, who was a, a, a very powerful preacher of the truth, Okay? He understood the truth like nobody else. At one time, he says, we have knowledge. Okay? That, that is very important to understand. Uh, the, the revelation that God uh, gave to, uh, to Paul was overwhelming. 
But then he had to learn that the knowledge alone was dangerous, okay? The truth alone was dangerous. He needed to also have it coupled with grace at all times, okay? At no times could he be able to, to, to run without one or the other. Both were required. So now, um, let me, let me go back, and, and please keep this in your mind uh, as we are going to talk through the other issues that we are touching. Uh, the, the aim that God uh, has for each and every one of us is, there is that there is grace sufficiency in our life. Grace sufficiency, especially in our ministries. Because without grace, we cannot be able to do anything. You know, we, we may have... Uh, all the, the amenities and all the blessings that the world offers, but if we have grace, we are not achieving anything. So let me go back to Second uh, Corinthians 11, okay? And uh, we have, uh, in the past two, three days, already looked at the life of Paul and the, the struggles of uh, his ministry. Uh, so we want to go and uh, learn a little bit more about, about that. Verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 1. I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Okay, now, why Paul talks like this is because in Corinth, certain people have found entrance who were trying to undo the work that Paul had been building. Okay, there had been... Uh, peddling all kind of, uh, you know, false, false doctrine and things like that. And of course, uh, they were trying to demolish or de demean what, what Paul had been building and, and, and even the personality of Paul himself. So uh, Paul is coming in and he says, you know, put up with me with a little foolishness. Yes, please, put up with me. I'm because I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. So in other words, what, what Paul is saying is, you know, I have, I have laid a foundation for this, for this uh, congregation in, in, in Corinth. I've preached the gospel to you. The, 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 the Lord has given the grace that something wonderful could rise up. And now, in the end, some people are trying to destroy it. But my promise to God was that I will present you as a pure virgin to him, okay? Cleansed, you know, without spot and wrinkles. That is what my mission is. So in other words, I, I cannot afford to lose you, okay? So he says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy because I promised you to one husband, that is Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Okay, as you can see, there was a time when Paul was with the Corinthians, when he was building up the church, there was a, there was a purity and a sincerity of their devotion to Christ, okay? 
And when he was absent, people came in and co brought confusion, tried to undermine what, what, uh, what uh, had been built through the grace of God. And you know, this is, this is the pattern always. You know, whenever God builds, the power of darkness is trying to undermine, trying to destroy. You know, you may look back and say, praise God what we have come to achieve, what, what we have been able to see happening in the congregation. And you turn around and just a few days later you see that somebody has come to undermine what you have been doing. Okay? So the struggle never stops. Okay? The light, the, the battle between light and darkness is always raging. It's always on. Okay? And so Paul is saying, I'm afraid. Just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion of Christ. When Adam and Eve were living in the presence of God before they fell away from God and disobeyed, disobeyed his command, uh, they must have had a wonderful time. Okay? We don't know, not, not much is written about it, but there must have been a, a, a sweet relationship between uh, Adam and Eve themselves and, of course, between their God. And, and they were freely walking into the presence of God, in and out, because there was no division between the natural and the spiritual. Okay? They were body, soul, and spirit. They were made in the image and likeness of God, and that image and likeness was seen in their lives. Okay? So for them to have fellowship with the living God was very, very easy. Okay? Until they got deceived. Until they allowed themselves to be coaxed into disobedience. Okay? And you see, uh, Paul says... Eve was deceived, and we know that, okay? Eve was deceived. She was told a story which was a lie, and she believed the lie. And you know, the lie has got a certain attraction, okay? Why would people follow lies? Why would people do things that do not make sense at the end of the day? Because, you see, the devil always uh, packages the lie with a certain attractive outside. Has it not happened to you that you went to the shop and you bought something and the packaging was so tempting, so nice, and then you open it and you, 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 you couldn't even uh, enjoy, enjoy what you got, okay? Because the packaging was speaking one language, but the content spoke another language. And that's a reality, you know, very often these things happen. So don't buy things that are best packaged. Okay? Sometimes those are the things that, uh, you know, may give you the greatest, uh, the greatest shock because you are, you are paying for something that is just fashioned nicely but is not really having good content. So Paul is uh, talking about our sincere and pure devotion. And you know, uh, we, we talked about the purity of heart. Remember when we talked about, uh, about uh, uh, the Beatitudes. Uh, the Lord is looking for a pure heart. Okay? The purity of heart is very, very crucial for each and every one of us. And we, we must uh, understand that God 
is not compromising on that issue. Our hearts need to be pure, need to be sincere, okay? But then when deceit comes in, there is an attack on the purity of our hearts. There's an attack on our sincerity, okay? And that's what happened there. And Paul says, for if someone comes to you and preaches Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Okay? The reality is we are still human beings. Okay? We have got... Uh, all kind of different interests, you know. We are easily uh, getting interested in stuff that uh, is attractive, that is presented to us in a, in a way where we say, I can't do without this, you know. I mean, I'm sure all of us, we, we, we have uh, at one time, time or the other uh, done things which became so, uh, so overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly attractive to us that we just had to go for it, okay? You know, marketers, those guys who are doing advertising, they are very good in that. They are, they are making you so, so uh, convinced that that image that they show you is what you need to get, okay? So you, you go in the shop and you have a certain, you had a certain product that you always bought and it was very good for you, but because on television there is a new image given to you, you know, that is so attractive. Uh, when you see it, when you come across it, you just grab it, okay? And the other thing that you used to uh, get before uh, that was doing the job quite okay, you, you leave it because now this is attractive, isn't it? And you're not even comparing with whether this thing is better because you are just convinced in your mind, okay? But the power of advertising, the power of influencing our mind is so strong. That's what the devil does, okay? That's what the devil did with, with Eve. Eve was deceived by very nice packaging, you know? She was told that, you know, if you are taking my product, then your eyes will be open. You will be wise. Of course, she had no clue what she, what she was hearing, but she was, she was falling for it, okay? She forgot that God gave instructions, that God gave limits, that God said, do not do this. But you know, this sweet talk is undermining the work of God. And this is true, you know, when you look around uh, in our world today, this is true. Uh, in a lot of modern, so-called modern churches, many modern charismatic uh, uh, churches or whatever you call them, they are far, very far away from the real image of the ecclesia of God, the true image of the, of the body of Christ. Okay? Why? Because people come in and try to sell us something, you know, they are, they are, they're forcing their way into our mind, they're forcing our, their, 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 their way into our, into our uh, thinking, that we, we, we come to get convinced, I need that, okay? You see, today, 
in a church, if, if somebody wants to have a, 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 a if somebody wants to start a, a new church, the first thing that the people think about is PA system, okay? Somebody has told me once, uh, you know, he was actually on our keyboard uh, in many years ago, and so one day he said, I'm going, and I said, what's, what's the reason? Why are you going? He says, no, I'm, I, I, I found a church which has got a much more better PA system than this. <laughs> Okay, so you know if you are drawn by a PA system, then you have you have no clue what uh, God is trying to to accomplish. Okay, because to be honest with you, you can have a church without no PA system. Okay, do you know that in the days of Paul there was no PA system? We don't even know whether they were singing like we are singing, whether they did praise and worship like we are doing praise and worship. But today we think this is what we need because this is what is attractive. In fact, in the days of Paul, you know, remember, uh, Paul could preach even be, until late at night so that uh, a young man who was sitting in the window was falling down and, 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 uh, uh, because he was, he was becoming tired, you know, and died, you know, but anyway, God, Paul lifted him up and he was alive. Okay? So, what was essential was the word, the word, the word. You know, no, today, people have no attention span for the word. That's why in many churches, you can sing for three hours, you can re repeat one song for 20 times. But if you are going beyond 10 minutes of preaching, then people sleep. Okay? So something has completely been shifted upside down, okay? Because what, what is the essence of, of our meetings and our gatherings is the Word of God, okay? And even when we sing, we should sing God's Word. We should not sing any, any stuff that has not, no resemblance to, to, the, to the Word of God. That's why some songs need to be banned. Okay, because they are, they are actually uh, uh, not even a joke, but they're an insult. Okay, so singing is beautiful. I'm not against it. I'm, I, I love singing. I love, I love even writing a song, you know. Uh, and I do that every now and then. Okay, but singing can never be the center of our gathering. The center of our gathering must be the word. Okay, not the packaging. You see, today... We have huge problems in our world. We have mountains and mountains and mountains of plastic all over the place. The packaging is a problem. Okay? We need the content. We need the real thing. We don't need the packaging. Okay? Now you say, but how do I get this stuff without packaging? You know, there was a time when you would buy milk in a, in a glass, okay? Uh, in, a, in, a, in a glass bottle. Okay, and then once you have, uh, once you have uh, uh, finished your thing, you take it back and you, and you return it, okay? Remember, we still have Coca-Cola uh, in glass bottles. In most countries in the world, those bottles have been done away with. And even here, they have really been diminishing and they bring us uh, uh, plastic bottles because it's now more fashionable, fashion to have everything in plastic. 
But the result is plastic is never going to degrade, and the oceans today are full of plastic. In fact, all the fish in the oceans, they, they are now, you know, when this plastic is degrading, they are, they are swallowing that plastic, and when you are eating fish, you are eating plastic. That's a fact, okay? So, the lie of Satan is, is devastating, okay? The, the devil comes in and he gives us something that is not substance, but that is, that is a lie, okay? And he's trying to remove the substance and replaces it with, with what he offers. And that is causing us diseases. So today, uh, if, you, if you just, please, you know, maybe check this out. Go to Google and just put in the, uh, plop, uh, the uh, plastics problem, you know, or plastics uh, in our world. Even you, I'm sure you see plastics all over being thrown, isn't it? And it's a problem. It's a huge, huge problem. Okay? So don't be annoyed that uh, ShopRite has done away with the plastics uh, in, in their shop, because these things are destroying our environment, okay? In fact, a lot of, a lot of uh, species in the oceans die because of plastic, because they get, you know, they, they, they think they, they can eat it, and then, of course, they, 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 they die on that, or, or they get caught up with, with uh, some of these plastics. So we, 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 have, we have something that has tempted us to, to, to get this product, Okay, the, the packaging is so tempting that we say, okay, this is what we need to get. And meanwhile, that packaging is deadly. Okay, and the content is not going to help you either. So Paul is saying, you know, you were led away, or there's a danger that your minds are led away from the sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Okay, because somebody may come and preach another Jesus than the one I preached. So in other words, they, they package Jesus in plastic. Okay, in a, in, a, in a packaging that is not real. So you, you, you have something which, you, which says Jesus, but there's no Jesus inside. Okay. You have something which says detergent, but there's no true detergent inside. What is inside is a fake. Okay? And it's very easy, very interesting that, that Paul says, when somebody comes with another message, you put up with it easily enough. Okay? People are gullible. Okay? They can easily be deceived. And that's why we, as people of God, we must learn to know the values on which we stand, okay? We should never be deceived. The devil should not find it easy to, to give us something in a wrong packaging. Just because the packaging is nice, you pick it, and you're saying, oh yeah, it's written here. Meanwhile, inside there's death. So this is the, tr the struggle that Paul has. You know, Paul put up, built up a church which was, after he left, under attack from people with ulterior motives, trying to destroy what he had built. Okay? Bringing another Christ, bringing another spirit, 
bringing them other values that he didn't, that he didn't uh, give to them. Then Paul, in verse 5, says something very interesting. He says, I don't think I'm in the least inferior to those super apostles. Okay, so the people who brought different stuff, they call themselves super apostles. So in other words, they lifted themselves up. Okay, and this is what we have today. We have got a lot of men of God, famous people who are lifted on, on very high pedestals. And Paul says, I'm not inferior to them, okay? Even if I'm not a super apostle, but I'm not inferior. And he says, you know, I may indeed be an, an untrained speaker, but I do have knowledge, okay? You know, I mentioned that earlier. Jesus has given Paul a revelation of truth, okay? That's why much of the New Testament after the book of Acts is written by Paul, okay? God took Paul into the uh, desert of Arabia and he was, he was uh, in the wilderness with, with the Lord Jesus himself where God gave him a revelation. And because of these revelations, he, 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 he had to suffer extra, okay? Because he, God did not want these revelations to be mixed with, with, the, with the knowledge of these worlds, okay? And that's why he was under attack, okay? So that the true value that God had given to him would be preserved. So Paul says, you may call me an untrained speaker and that is not the issue, but I have knowledge, okay? So it's not a question of, of how eloquent somebody is, of how trained somebody may come along, but it comes, the, 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 the true value is in the, in the contents. What, what are we giving? Okay, and this is really important for all of us. You know, I'm not saying you must be, you must be lacking in your presentation. Present the gospel as well as you can, as good as you can, but never compromise the content. Never compromise the message, because the message is what makes you a preacher, okay? What makes you a witness? What makes you a, a person that is in this world on behalf of Christ, okay? So Jesus had given revelation, powerful revelations to Paul, and that's what enabled him to speak the truth. And that's why Paul could say, if somebody comes to preach another Jesus like I've preached to you, he'd be accursed. Okay? Because he knew what he was talking about. We have made this perfect clear, perfectly clear to you in every way. Was it a sin for me to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by receiving support from them to serve you. And when I was with you and needed something, I was not a burden to anyone, for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied what I needed and kept myself from being a burden to you in any way, and I will continue to do so. It's very interesting, you know, Corinth is a, was a harbor city. Corinth was a rich city, okay? Even today, you know, Greece is one of the biggest uh, uh, nation in terms of uh, uh, um, maritime 
uh, wealth, okay? They are the, 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 one of the countries which have got the most ships even today, okay? And, uh, and you know, Corinth was a city that was wealthy, was rich. But when Paul came there, he was preaching the gospel, not relying on their support, but he was relying, first of all, you know, uh, Paul, as you know, was making tents to support himself, but he was also relying on the churches of Macedonia, okay, who supported him. And Macedonia was much poorer than Corinth. But the, the poor gave to the rich, okay? So uh, don't expect a lot from the rich because the rich are very greedy, okay? Under normal circumstances, it's not, it's not the rich which sustain you. So don't, don't even uh, aspire to have rich people in your church. If, if God brings them, let them come. But, you know, you can have rich people and they let you suffer. And so Paul says, I was not a burden to you, okay? Because I didn't want to be seen as somebody who is just after your money, okay? And, of course, at that time, it was, it was something that was necessary because they were babies in Christ, okay? When, when, when people grow up, then, of course, they must learn to also be givers. But when Paul came to them and preached to them and they were babies in Christ, he, he did not want to be a burden to them in any way, okay? And this is a very important message to all of those who are preachers. Please don't, don't hang around people's offices because you are looking for something. You are destroying your ministry, okay? This is, this, is, this is absolutely out of a question, okay? Illegal. And Paul is a powerful example, you know? You see, I, I mean, sorry to say, but there, there, there was a time, I don't know now, I've lost contact, but there was a time when, when I would go to the, to the uh, post office, I'm not, not, not going there, you know. Post office is no longer very important because we have email and what have you, you know. Uh, whatever comes through the post box now is only printed matter and often not important. But there was a time when post office was very important, okay. And I remember, you know, uh, we would pass at the post office, get our mail, and there would, would always be a, a group of pastors sitting there, okay. Almost every day, a group of pastors sitting there. And you ask them, what are you doing here? I, well, you know, we are, we are going to visit our, our flock in the offices, okay? And of course, they cook, they cook each other first, you know, to make sure that uh, uh, they are in the right kind of condition. And then they go into the offices to, to you know, they wouldn't say beg, but that's what they were doing, Okay. And they, are, they lost all the authority because, you know, you, you, you can't stand and preach the gospel when you are a beggar, okay? I've never gone to anybody to beg. You know, if, if, if God has given me the flock of God, I've not gone to anybody. If you can say I've come to you, tell me, you know? I've not come to anyone to beg, okay? And I've refused. To even, to even receive money from the church. Okay? That's a fact. Okay, sometimes people say, no, at least we want to do something good, and that's fine. That's fine. Okay? If people grow up 
And they're saying, okay, we have recognized there's a need for us to support you and give you, give you the tithes or something like that, or, or the first fruit. That's a different story. But never would I go to somebody and say, you, you, you better grow up now, give me money. And Paul gives us a perfect example of that. He says, I've never been a burden to you. Okay? And please, if you are called into the ministry, if you are called to minister the word of God, don't be a burden to the people you minister. You are going to cut off your effectiveness as a preacher. Okay? So, this is a perfect lesson Paul gives to us. I've not been a burden to you in any way. Verse 10, as surely as the truth of Christ is in me, nobody in the regions of Achaia will, uh, uh, Achaia will stop uh, this boasting of mine. Why? Because I do not love you, God knows I do. And I will keep on doing what I'm doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false apostles deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, even for even Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, it is, it is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. The end will be what their actions deserve. Okay, so Paul is very clear in saying what I'm doing, you know, I can boast in saying I'm, I'm not a burden to you. Because that's one thing that uh, those false apostles will never, can never do. Because they are there because they want to gain something. Okay? They want to gain something. You know, this is why we have got these, uh, these people from, from Nigeria and uh, West Africa trotting to, to Zambia. You know, we, we once attended a, a meeting in, uh, in uh, Ethiopia, in Addis Ababa. Uh, Pastor Chongo was with me there. And there were two brothers from Nigeria. And these two brothers, and, and we didn't know them. We, we, we had no clue uh, about their ministry or what they were doing. But they told us, in Nigeria, Zambia is famous. Zambia is attractive because whenever, whoever comes to Zambia, they will not go home without goods, a good return. Here they can be able to, to deceive people. Am I right? Not less than how much? $60,000. So anybody, you know, even people who have got no cloud, no church, nothing to show for, they come to Zambia, come here with a big bang, and they go home not less than $60,000. Dollars. And we are saying we are a poor country. You know, we are saying we, we, we can't afford to pay the pastor. But when a, a, a thief comes, a false apostle, a masquerading chap, then we throw $60,000 at, at, at them. And this is not one. In fact, this is, this is a, there's a string of people because this is now known in Nigeria. Go to Zambia. You know, if you can't get money from anywhere else, but in Zambia, you will, you will come home with a big bag of money. Okay? 
I've never seen that myself. But anyway, I'm not preaching like that. I'm not, I'm not deceiving people. I'm not masquerading as, as somebody whom I'm not. I'm, I'm preaching the good news, and I'm not a burden to anybody. So, but you can see that what, what Paul is saying to the people, when somebody else comes with a different message, you put up with them easily enough. Just because somebody is cheating you. You know, uh, you, you, you are in a, in a line where you are supposed to see the, the apostle, you know, the big, the big buana, and uh, then you are going in and then he prophesies on you, no, you, uh, you have this problem and this problem. Meanwhile, he has got an earpiece where somebody has interviewed that person before and he knows exactly what this person is all about. Okay? And then he says, no, I've seen this and this and this. I can even tell you your telephone number because if out there they have been giving the telephone numbers, you know? And people get hooked and throw money which is lost for good. And they tell you, you are going to be blessed. No, you are being robbed without even realizing. Okay? So this is what Paul calls false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. Okay? Masquerading. That means they are not. They're just masquerading. And no wonder, because Satan himself, you know, is masquerading as an angel of light. And so it is not a surprise that even those who are coming in his name, they will do the same thing. They will not say, I'm, I've come from Satan. They will, come, uh, they will say, I come from God, okay? So a nice, a nice packaging with the right words on it, and you believe it, but inside is death, not life. So Paul is giving all this to us in order to make us aware, okay? In order to be able, make us able to see the dangers that we are living in, okay? And, and th these dangers are real. These dangers are a reality. So Paul says, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool, okay? Paul is not a fool. Even if people think he's foolish, but he's not a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me, tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, Okay, so many are boasting in the way the world does. So Paul says, I will also boast. But of course, he, he turns it into a different uh, direction. So he says, you gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs. That means somebody who lifts himself, exalts himself or would slap you in the face. To my shame, I admit we are too weak for that. <laughs> Thank God. These are, this is a true minister of Christ, okay? 
Have you seen those, those, uh, those uh, videos, you know? I mean, uh, I'm not trying to follow them, but at one time, you know, I, I watched, I watched a, a televised program on, I think it was on TBN then. Is TBN still there? I don't even know, you know? Uh, I, I, I'm never even going there, you know, because it's, it's a waste of time. Okay, if you are watching TBN, think again, you know. There are better things to do with your precious time than to watch rubbish, okay. So, uh, you know, I, I watched this program and there was this uh, evangelist dressed all in white uh, with black shoes and then people are rolling on the floor and then he goes there and pushes them just like this, you know. I mean, this is a creature of God and you're behaving like that? This is not right, okay? This is not right. And, and Paul says, I can't slap somebody in the face. Have you seen some of them? They're slapping you. Prophets, so-called prophets, masquerading prophets. And Paul says, forgive us. We are too weak for that. There's these things we can't do. And please, let us not find ourselves in such nonsense because this is not uh, a blessing to anyone at all. But it's, 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 it must make us think and reflect on this issue. When he says, in fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you, who exploits you, takes advantage of you, puts you on air or slaps you in the face. Isn't it true that there are people who are so completely taken by people who exploit them every day? Okay? There are people who are so rich on account of uh, the poor people they are, they, are, they are deceiving. That's a reality. Okay? I mean, I don't even want to mention names. You know themselves better than I do. Okay? There are people who are so rich and they're even boasting about their riches because they're exploiting the people they are supposed to, supposed to serve. But of course they can't serve because they are not uh, ministers of the gospel. They are like Satan. And you know, Satan's mission is clearly described. Satan is out to, to steal, kill, and destroy, isn't it? And, and that's what those who are in his, in his uh, service will do as well, okay? They exploit. They slap you in the face. They take advantage. And, and this, is, this is devastating. So church must never be such, you know? My mission is to build people that they cannot be exploited. That they can know the truth from the lie. Okay, that's my responsibility. I have to bring people to a level that when somebody comes with a false doctrine, they will be able to tell that one, get out. You know, I don't need your packaging. I don't need your plastic. I've got what it takes. So that's why I'm reasoning. That's why, you know, uh, when I'm speaking, I'm not interested in a lot of noise uh, so that people shout hallelujah and dance on, on chairs and at the end of the day, they know nothing. 
No, when I'm, when I'm speaking, I want to communicate truths that builds people up. Paul said, you know, this is the word that will build you up. When he spoke to the, the, the elders of Ephesus when he was saying farewell, the word that builds you up, okay? That word needs to be communicated. It's found in the book of uh, uh, Acts chapter 20, okay? The word that builds you up, okay? And we, as the ministers that God has called into his vineyard, we must have a word that builds you up. Whether we talk to the children, whether we talk to the teenagers, whether we talk to the adults, it doesn't matter. We need to have a word that builds people up so that they have got backbone, okay? So that they cannot be deceived, so that they cannot uh, be coaxed into losing their devotion, their sincerity and their purity along the way. They need to be built up. That's our responsibility, okay? And Paul is, is, is doing his best to, to achieve that. He says, I have promised you as a pure virgin to one husband, that is Christ, okay? Christ will not receive a, a, a bride that is full of stains and wrinkles and dirt. The bride needs to be cleansed. The bride needs to be purified. You see, uh, you read in the book of uh, Ruth, uh, not the, uh, the book of Esther, rather, that for Esther to, to be, to be uh, you know, amongst the women to be selected as a queen, she ne needed to undergo beauty treatments. Okay? And this was not just a day or two. This was a lengthy process. And the same is true with all of us. You know, God has to, to undertake beauty treatments in our hearts and our lives. Nothing to do with the outside, something to do with the inside. Okay, if the inside is beautiful, even the, the eyes will be bright. Even the outside will be, become more beautiful, okay? But God is undertaking duty treatments, and, and, and the, duty, the, the, the beauty treatments are as a result of the, the, the word of God that is applied to our lives, okay? The word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword, okay? It removes every stain and every wrinkle. Every spot will have to be removed, okay? The word of God, powerful. So let's, let's see that God builds us, and he builds us by his word. That's why Jesus says, I will build my ecclesia. Okay, you know church, yes, but the ecclesia is what's written there. I will build my ecclesia, okay, or ecclesia, or whatever you call it. So, a lot of people, when they want to build church, they want to have a nice building, they want to have a nice PA system, they want to have the nice uh, impression as much as possible. All these does not represent church, Okay. Representing church is the truth of the word of God. Jesus said, I will build my church. 
And if I'm coming along as called as a, as, a, as a servant of God to build, to help Jesus build the church, I cannot do it in my own wisdom, in my own strengths, but I can only do it through his word. Okay? Every word that pro, pro, uh, uh, proceeds from the mouth of God. And, and the very important thing, as I said the other day, is that it is every word. Not a few words, not some selected words, not, not some motivational stuff that I like and the rest I forget about it. No, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, every word. You know, this is one of the messages that I think we should really uh, uh, devote ourselves to. Because we have been often guilty to preach messages that we chop off. Okay, we, we, we read this, the, the, the verses that we like, and the verses which are a bit difficult, we don't read them. Have you been doing that before? Those of you who are preachers? I did that, okay? We have all done that. We are going through scriptures and we're looking for promises, but we are not reading the conditions, okay? We are not reading the context. My God will supply all your needs according to your riches in glory, you know? We like that, okay? But it's, that is not, it's not a standalone. It's actually within a context. Because these were people who were giving and were, were approved in, 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 in the ministry of giving. And God says, because you have been showing that kind of spirits, my God will supply all your needs according to your riches in glory. But if you are if you're a thief, that word does not apply to you, okay? So we need to preach every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's why sometimes it's good to preach every word in a scripture. You know, sometimes it's good to go through a whole passage of scripture or even through a whole book of, of, of the, and, and read every word. Even the ones you are, you are shrinking and say, ah, this one is, 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 is tough. Or maybe even the verses which, which prick you, okay? But we need to have that, okay? Because God has given us uh, the exact right uh, constellation of the word of God, okay? Like even in, in our food, you know, we, 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 put, we put different things into our food. And some of the things uh, some people don't like, okay? Children, they don't like certain foods, isn't it? But uh, mom will say, you eat this because this, will, this is healthy for you. This will make you grow nicely. And it's important. So the Word of God is not composed not supposed to be composed by you or me, but it is proceeding from the mouth of God. Okay? And the power of that word is from its origin. Okay? If I chop it into pieces, I, I, I actually chop off the power. So the word of God must remain the word of God. And we are responsible to be messengers of Christ and preach according to that word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay, so Paul says, 
To my shame, oh praise God, it's not shame, actually it's to his glory. He's, he's too weak for slapping people into the face. <laughs> he's too weak for exploiting people. And I, I, I think uh, this, is, this is something that we should be all able to say, you know. I'm telling you, I've never exploited anybody. Okay? That's not my aim. My aim is to serve. Okay? I've never come to people and says, okay, please help me out, help me out. You know, some of you, you are good in that, please. And you must stop this nonsense in Jesus' name. Because it's not right. It's not right. If you cannot have faith that God will take care of your needs, then you don't please God. Okay? Because anybody who serves God, anybody who is in his ministry must believe that God will take care of us, that he will give us what he has promised us, okay? That he's a, he is a giver of good gifts. Not only gives he, does he give the, 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 the order to, to minister, but he also gives the equipment to minister, okay? And if we, are, we, we think we have to take things into our own hands, we are actually just like the false apostles, slapping people into the face. That's not right. Okay, let's go on. Paul says, to my shame, I, I admit that we were we, too weak for that. Whatever anyone st- else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So I am. Are they Israelites? So I am. Are they Abraham's descendants? So I am. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I've worked much more more harder, I've been in prison, more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the, in the, at the sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concerns for all the church. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Okay? You know, it's, 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 it's terrible to see how people are being deceived and uh, made to suffer. So, in other words, those of you who are in the ministry because you want to have a good life, just resign. Okay? Because this is not what you find, you know. You can be a false apostle and have a nice, good life and have a mansion somewhere. But for a true servant of God, it's a different story. You know, these are things that we do expect. Okay? And I've been in ministry now for 45 years. Okay? And some of these things, not everything, but some of these things I've experienced, you know. It's not nice to be stoned, you know. I can tell you because I was stoned. Okay? I, 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 I saw the, the stones flying all over my body and my face. After that stoning, 
I was colored. I was blue, I was green. I was black, I was white. I was, I was displaying every color in the book. Okay? You're looking at me as if I'm lying to you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I've gone through that. Many of the things, false brethren. Oh, I've gone through that. Not once. Many times. You know? The dangers that we are facing. And you know, this, these are just things that we must accept. Okay? If you are in, in, a, certain, in a certain work, you must accept that. Like yesterday, I think one of you said, if you are, if you are willing to go into, if you sign up for rugby, you must, you must be willing to be to be brushed. You must be willing to be assaulted because rugby is a very hard uh, sport, isn't it? If you, if you want to be a boxer, uh, you can't be a boxer outside the ring, you know? You know, there are always these uh, more, more clever boxers outside the ring who are telling you, no, hammer him, hammer him, not this side, this side, you know? But they are not inside. They don't get the, 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 the punches. If you're a boxer, you have to be ready for that, okay? So if you sign up for it, you need to get what, what you have signed up for. And the same is true, you know, when we are in the ministry of, of Christ, we have signed up to stand for the truth and the righteousness of God, okay? And uh, that means you will be a target of the powers of Satan. Satan will try to undermine you, try to lie about you, try to uh, discourage you, try to do anything in the book to make you give up. But the true power of God manifests within these things, okay? That's where the grace of God is being experienced. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. So, as we are going through these turmoils in our life, God is building something for eternity, okay? God is building up people. God is taking people out of darkness into his wonderful light. God is using all of these things to change, to bring permanent transformation in our lives and in the lives of the people God has called us to serve. Now, as you can see, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and the Corinthians... They are, they are slow learners, okay? They received the grace of God, they received Christ, they received salvation, but they are also easily be deceived. They easily put up with stuff that is not for their, for their good, but is undermining them. And that's why sometimes, you know, it is important to have a scripture like this in scripture and read it to your people because it's important, you know, it, it is, it is uh, healthy to be shaken at one time or the other, okay? Don't always read sweet stuff, okay? Sometimes it's good to read this hard stuff, okay? Present this to the people so that they know I've signed up for something that is serious. It's not a game. It's not something that, uh, you know, you can do today and tomorrow and the other day you just relax and... No, another time you come back. No, that is not the issue. The issue is that we have to be single-minded, you know, having a clear direction in life. 
Okay, so ministry has been and will be tough. Okay, if you if you look for a good life, look for another job, please. Ministry is hard, but it's a vocation, it's a call, it's a covenant. Okay, that God has given to us. If you love money more, then that's the wrong job. Then you must become a false apostle. But the true apostle of the Lord will not impose a burden on anybody. Amen. Okay, I think I will uh, break here for a moment. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing there is some water brought so that you can refresh yourself, and I need some water too. Okay, so we will have a short break. No, no, I've got my water there, don't worry. Uh, we'll have a short break, and then we'll come back. We still have another session, and maybe we can reflect on what, what has been said, you know. These are words that may, may challenge us, that may hurt us, that may prick us, okay, just like they did Paul, okay. They made Paul respond with prayers and says, please take away that, that thing from my life. And God says, don't worry. My grace is sufficient for you. So in every situation, what we need is God's grace. Amen? God's grace. There must be room for God's grace in our life. Amen. God bless you. Another big clap of